Obviously, I've had a lot of different setbacks here and there, but you know that's that's all part of the journey. But yeah, belief in yourself is 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 everything. It really is. Failure at forty. What you want, you can have. You just need to write it down, picture it, believe it for yourself, and then just let it go. Failure at forty. Failure at forty challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. Who says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you are not a success? Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in modern Britain. Welcome to Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Hi guys, welcome back to Failure at 40. I'm Winnie, the producer. And I'm Shelley, the life coach. And today we're speaking to Alex Bellet. Alex is 42, he has two daughters, lives in South London and is an entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me, everyone. How are you, Alex? Welcome. I'm good. Well, well, considering all these, despite these times, I'm, I'm very good. I'm, I'm more excited than anything, to be honest with you. Amazing. We're really looking forward to talking to you today. And off with that, I suppose we'll just kick off and run into it. So if you think back a little bit into your, your teens and your 20s, take us back through your storyline of, you know, what your expectations and vision was of when you turned 40. What would your life be like at 40? From a young age, um, I was always kind of considered the, uh, the outsider, like, a, like an outcast. I wasn't really, I didn't really fit in with many people when I was younger. I was a bit different in terms of the, the way I where I did things. But yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was always a... a um, I had a strong imagination of where I would be when I was older. You know, everyone has that vision of having having that dream life. Um, but I never realised that to, to to get to that life, you have to do take some certain steps. And you know, when you're young, you don't you don't think about those steps. You just think, oh, that's what that's it. everyone's going to have that, so I'm going to have it too. Well, so yeah, I thought it was a given, really. You know, I didn't think I didn't think you had to really work as hard as you really do to to achieve the things you want to achieve. Um, and I guess when you're younger as well, you tend to follow the crowd a bit more. Um, I, I, when I left school, did art and design in college. And then I, I never, I didn't do university. I didn't want to do university. I, I just thought I'm just going to go and work because I just wanted to make money. Um, so left, left college when I was 19, worked in a sports shop for about two years, jumped from retail job to retail job. Um, never had any direction of again what I wanted to do I thought I wanted to be a graphic designer because um, I actually turned out to be quite a good art left college um, worked for various different retail places and then um, landed in a state agency when I was 24 had no idea about a state agency my friend just said oh, okay I've got this um, I'm working here they're always looking for new people I'm going to see if I can get you a job uh, had the interview got the job kind of fell into it. I wasn't really taught what to do, kind of learn from other people in the company. And then finished, in my first year, I finished, um, I think, fifth out of the whole company in sales. And this is something I've never done before. <laughs> so that's when I kind of realized that, you know, even if you don't know how to do something, um, if you've got a, a desire to, to learn, you can, everything you need will come to you when you just 
believe you can do it. And that's when I, that's from a young age, I knew um, that imagination and just thinking you can, even though you don't know how, that how will turn up. Um, and that's kind of how I lived my life up until now. Um, just just um, believing in myself. Um, obviously, I've had a lot of different setbacks here and there, but you know that's that's all part of the journey. But yeah, belief in yourself is 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 everything. It really is. And did you know what you wanted to be by forty, or what you'd like to have had by forty? Yeah, I um, I think from when I was around 30, 31, 32, I remember writing down this is what I would like to have by by forty. Or, you know, I think, actually, I think. I think it was actually by 35. I said, oh, this is what I wanted to do at 35. Only it wasn't by 40. Uh, then I got to 35 and I hadn't achieved none of those things that I, <laughs> that I said I wanted. You wrote it down? Yeah, I did write it down. Um, actually, no, sorry. I, no, when I was 32, no, I hadn't written it down at 32. It's at 34, I wrote down what I wanted. I remember, right, I, remember I wrote it on um, a notes on my phone, funny enough. Ah. And I remember and this is around the time I, I started reading books in personal development. Actually, prior to that, when in my 20s, I started reading different books, but weren't applying what I was reading. So what would have been on that vision board then for, for 35 or even 40? What, what would you... Oh, I think it was just that. It was just, a, it was just, a, it was actually just a three-bed house, um, a car, a house and a drive, nice girlfriend, um, a child. It's just like, again, like I said, everything that... Um, you envision when you're younger that older people have you're like oh I'd like to have that and you just kind of that's, that's what I went down but yeah when I got to 34 it was still still wasn't there I hadn't written that down by when I was when I was before 34 I hadn't written anything down I just kind of thought about things but I never written anything so when I wrote something down is when things started to materialise okay. and I'd heard I'd read that before so many times you know if you don't write it down it's, it's just a wish it's not a real desire or it's not, it's not nothing concrete. You're just hoping. Um, it's when you write down and you sit down and you write down exactly what you want. You don't have to kind of dream about it all day, but that's to cross your mind more often than not in terms of the things you want. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the things just start to happen. Um, miraculously, it's just, uh, I, I won't go into you know, the, the mysticism behind law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. That's for another podcast. <laughs> this one is just keeping it simple in terms of what you want you can have you just need to write it down picture it believe it for yourself and then just let it go when I say let it go I don't mean I just mean um, don't get over anxious when it doesn't appear the next day just give it to the universe almost yeah just leave it up to just just go about your, your, your general um, work um, as, as best as you can and things will start to happen from there. I mean, I'm going to go back to where I was an estate agent um, and I started at 24. I think after around four years of being an estate agent, I was in the company for two years, left there, became self-employed. Um, again, um, had no idea, like I was very, very scared that I didn't have a regular income no more. Um, this, is about, this is the time I actually had my first child. So I left my job just before my first child was born. She's 14 this year. So 26, I'm um, calling landlords from the loot and um, I picked this up from somebody else. That was, Is the loot still out? Is the loot still going? No, not now, but back then. I know, I know. Paper where landlords used to uh, uh, put in their 
properties to rent privately because they were Oh my gosh, yeah, the loot. And this guy taught, uh, was, yeah, I remember him telling me, ah, oh, do you know how to do lettings? I'm like, no, I've only done sales for, for Acorn. It's a well-known estate agency in South East London that I was at for two years. So I, I was only doing sales there. But when I left, um, somebody told me lettings was much faster money. You know, you can make a lot of money really quick. Um, and I was working with another guy that used to work for Acorn. He started his own online estate agency. I was doing sales with him for a bit. Um, and then that company fell apart and he decided he wasn't going to do a stay and see no more. So I was on my own. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I had a taste of freedom. So working with him um, and earning sometimes double what I earned for, for, for the company. He would basically get the properties on. I would go and do the viewings and I'd get like 50% commission split, which was like, again, equivalent to a possible two month salary with what I was earning as an agent working nine hours a day. So I had that taste of freedom because I had my, I was, had my first child and I was able to go and see, see my daughter whenever I wanted. I didn't have to ask anyone's permission. From then I knew I couldn't work for anybody else. So once you, I think once you get a taste of not having to answer anyone and actually creating income from yourself and your own abilities, something inside you clicks and you realize, you know what? I, I, I can't do, I would never go back to work for somebody else. And from there I didn't. Um, and I helped set up a company called Fish Need Water. <laughs> it was an estate agency in um, East Dulwich. And I helped set that up from 2012 to 2014. Um, and that was just basically with the knowledge I've learned how, how to get properties on the market. I was, uh, I was really, really, really good at cold calling landlords and getting properties on. I advertised the properties on Gumtree. I took the calls from people who wanted to view the property to rent. I went out there in my car, drove all over the place, Southwest London, Southeast London, showing properties for these different landlords and creating my own income stream um, from that. Um, sometimes there was good, good months, sometimes there was bad months, but I just love the challenge. I love working for myself. Um, but even then, I was still thinking that I wanted to um, earn an income from home. How can I earn this learn how to make money online. So I dabbled in finding these different affiliate marketing um, ventures and failed in pretty much everything I started to do. I tried to do online, keeping my, continuing to do what I was doing in the state agency, but that, lived that laptop lifestyle um, <laughs> where I could make income from home on the side and, and finally maybe exceed my, my um, property income and, and give up property and, and work from home. And yeah, failed miserably for years trying to do that. Um, yeah, lost lots of money here and there. Again, that's just uh, where my resilience for failure came from, from, from failing way back then when I was in my 20s and early 30s. You're not tempted to go back to job no, security? I wasn't, I wasn't. I, was, I mean, even when there was really hard times where I actually, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was doing some stupid, I I had to move back. I had to move out of my um, um, property that I bought while I was at Acorn. I bought a uh, two-bed ex-local property in um, when I was 28 in Lewisham. Um, so I was living there, and then um, when income was really bad, I moved back to my mum's house in Lee. I had I uh, rented my property out in Lewisham because um, obviously I couldn't afford to pay the mortgage every month. Because yeah, you know, some months were good, some months were bad, but you know, I, I couldn't 
um, stay there and be up and down with the mortgage. So I left there, had the consistent um, rent coming from coming in. Well, I was I'd do dumb shit like um, um, use the, the use the, uh, the the rent payment, not pay the mortgage, and, and live off it. You know, I was I was doing dumb shit like that. I wasn't very savvy with my money. Uh, got into really bad credit. Worst it got was four months behind in my mortgage. My mum had to bail me out of that, help me out. Um, so yeah, I've had my fair share of failure. Um, funny enough, I'm actually talking about it and thinking about those times there. It was very, very difficult. It was very difficult. I remember times I didn't want to wake up in the morning. When I did wake up, I was like, oh God, what? Uh, this, uh, I can't keep cold calling these landlords. It's getting harder and harder. It's getting more competitive because every other Tom, Dick and Harry new agent was doing the same thing I'm doing. So landlords would give the property to four different agents and so you're competing with all these different agents running out there seeing you know four different agents of the property so it's showing your customer who you called earlier on I mean I went through the lot um, when I was yeah. when I was in it's, it's a competitive industry it's dog very dog, competitive it? very cutthroat it was uh, I got into a lot of arguments with different um, agents who said they'd rented the property and you know, we're not going to give you the keys and all kind of craziness. But again, I refused to quit because I wanted my freedom. And that was the only way of earning income that I knew how to do because I just kind of picked it up from from this guy that taught me. Um, but I'd always, st- I, I still think, I was still thinking, oh, maybe I could um, start my own estate agency and, you know, leverage myself and have employees working for me doing what, you know, what agents do when they leave a company, they set up on their own, they have the employees working for them, they become the director and they don't do the running around on more. But I just couldn't see that, how that was going to happen. And, it, and the reason why I started with Fish Need Water, because I, I, I helped start that company, I felt like that was my, that was my way I was going to actually build up a company. Um, I wasn't a co-director or anything. I was like a, I was the valuer. I was the person that goes out and get the, does the valuations, get property on for sale, get properties on for rent. And negotiate the fee. Um, all this stuff I picked up myself. I didn't learn it from anybody. Um, all, you know, speaking to people about why we're better than, you know, with a name like Fish Need Water, why would we choose you over uh, KFH or Ludlow Thompson or Foxton's up the road? You know, I had to compete with these guys to get properties on the market, but I was, you know, you have to be unique and you have to be um, hungry. So, We'd, we'd, you know, we'd, I'd tell landlords or vendors as well, I'd get, you know, get more for the property. Uh, we'll do a sliding scale. We'll start our fee at this price. And if we get this amount for you, we'll charge you this. So I run a lot of my business based on just being myself and being as um, convincing uh, as possible. And a lot of the properties that we did get on, we did sell. So, you know, it was, it was a very good experience building that company up and, and helping them. And they're still going today. I mean, they're still um, doing sales and lettings, but mainly they have a good portfolio of management properties. So, yeah, if it was a good experience, actually, saying um, helping set up that company, two directors. I wanted to ask you um, something, Alex, um, about something you said earlier on, um, and that was about you being sort of different and feeling a bit like an outcast and an outsider in lots of ways. Was that an outsider of your peer group or outsider in your family group or... Where did that feeling come from or that idea that you were one? To be honest with you, I don't even know where that feeling came from because I had a good, I had a good amount of friends. I was, you know, I was, um, 
I just felt different. I just felt like I, 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 I wasn't the same. Things people used to say, I just didn't agree with certain times. Um, and I wondered why I didn't agree with it. So, and, and, you know, there'd be a group of them that would say, why are you, why are you, why do you think that? Why do you say that? Or I just, you know, I was very, I questioned everything, put it that way. Do you think that has contributed to the way your life has become or the way that maybe you're not part of the flock in terms of thinking the way everybody else, I don't want to say everybody, I said that loosely, but the majority of people might think, okay, I need to have a nine to five. That's the only way I can survive. Well, actually you're like, well, no, it's, it's bigger than that. And I'm confident that I'm different and I can maintain my own income for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, wonder if some that, that difference has led to that thought pattern. I think so. I think potentially that, like I said, I was, I, I, I was always um, imagining uh, how I could be, how, how my life would be when I was older. Um, when I was a young age, I was imagining how I would be able to travel whenever I wanted. Um, didn't know it in terms of what capacity, in terms of what job I would be doing to allow me to do that or what business I would be doing. Um, I always had high hopes for myself. And I think, I think a lot of children do if they're, if they're, I mean, I'm coming from a single parent uh, uh, background. I don't, I don't know my, my dad at all. So he left when I was one. So my mum, she raised me best I could. You know, like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes. I don't know any child or boy or girl young that hasn't made any mistakes. Um, that's just all part of life. So always had a vision of, of, of a better future for myself. Uh, 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 not, not liking to people that were very negative about the future. And I always wondered why they were negative about the future. And a lot of the times it's you know, who they live with, their peer, their, their peer group and their family. And as you approach 40, what, how did life start to transpire from, you know, being in a position where actually you're moving out of your place that you live in, you know, you've had your daughter, you know, you've moved back to mum's. I'm thinking at some point there was a shift for you and you had a different vision for yourself. Yeah, there was a big shift. I mean, the, the shift came when I uh, left uh, Fish Need Water in 2014. So by this time, I was back on my feet. I was back in my flat. Um, I was earning, earning regular income. They paid, look, this is what the point I was making in terms of, um, she asked if I went back, did I ever get tempted to go back? So when I went back to Fish Need Water, they had me on a, on a, on a, on a kind of a low basic salary of, I think, £1,000. And then um, every property that I got on to be sold, I got, good commission off that property. So I was getting paid a regular steady income from them, um, but I didn't have to be in at a certain time. I had free reign. But one of the directors beginning to become more like a boss and talked down to me. And this went on for around, I'd say, three months, maybe three or four months before I left. So I was, only there. I was there for around two years as well. Again, during that time, I'm still looking, I'm still not giving up hope of finding the holy grail of internet marketing or something that I can, some way I can make an income from home. Um, and yeah, still failing, still spending money on this course, that course, and this person, that person, and failing and failing. So yeah, I left there in 2014. That's when I realized that the state agency wasn't for me anymore. And I was going to find something that I was, that I was passionate about in terms of thousands of ways of making uh, an income from home. It was me. It was for me finding that right vehicle that I could get into. And that's when I stumbled across e-commerce. Um, 
pay the guy a thousand pounds to learn from him. Again, if someone shows me how to do something, I'll pick it up and I'll run with it. <laughs> that's just uh, that's just how I've been for years. So I learned from him. I'd already had dabbled in Facebook ads when I was trying to um, uh, do this internet marketing thing. So I picked up e-commerce, started selling a few products from China, and that I was still in my flat at this time. And this is around the time that I've met Patricia, who I'm still with now. This was one of the things that I'd written down, funny enough. I remember sitting in my flat in Lewisham and saying, I want a really nice girlfriend who loves me for who I am. I want a three-bed house in Surrey with a drive, and I want an Audi S3. One of the directors bought an Audi S3, a black one, and I went with him to get it. And from that day, I went with him to get it. I said, I'm going to get one of these. <laughs> I remember saying, I remember it very well. I'm going to get one. And you did? Uh, I, yeah, I did. I did a, a couple of years after I did. Um, and this is all from, from e-commerce. Uh, I'd, um, I'd bought, I'd bought, I, I did an amazing uh, year. Um, my first, my second year of e-commerce. Um, made more money than I ever made in my life and put a good chunk of it into buying a property with Patricia. I moved out of my flat. Yeah, all this time I was working officially while I was living in uh, her grandparents' property that was rented. So it was always the goal to to get out of there and move to the house. But again, this was something that I written down, that I wanted a three-bed house in Surrey. Um, I didn't, I wasn't specific enough, that's the problem. And I ended up in Mitcham, which is Surrey. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that bad, but yeah, in the nice part of Mitchum now, we bought a three bed house in the nice part of Mitchum with a drive, drive and I I bought myself an Audi S3, a black one, the same one that my my, my boss had bought. And am I right in thinking that you've met Patricia, but are you both on the same mindset? Are you both entrepreneurial? Yeah, she owns a nursery. she owns a nursery now. She was working in, in, as a paralegal when I met her, um, traveling to Victoria every day. I was working with the estate agency. So we both, you know, done the nine to five things, as per se, in terms of going out in the morning at the same time. Um, or she lived before me. Um, and then I'd go to Dulwich to do my estate agency and get, you know, I'd get back at around seven, she'd be home. You know, the, 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 I, I thought I'd found that life, you know, and then so. I'd, I'd got what I'd asked, I'd asked for in terms of the girlfriend. Um, I wasn't quite in the house. I was living in a granddad's two-bed uh, cottage. Um, but it was still in Surrey. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I, I did that amazing year of e-commerce after I'd left uh, Fishing Water. Um, we bought the house together. She, she already owns a property. So she pulled out money from that. We bought the house together, the three-bed house here with a drive. And yeah, um, I've just, just been doing e-commerce ever since. So I was with her five years, had a daughter, and now it's really seven years this year. And <laughs> what was the um, product that made you have your best year, Alex? What was it? Um, it was one product. It was one product. I've never, I don't know if you've ever heard this uh, saying, you know, one idea can make you a million. Uh, yeah. No, this idea didn't make me a millionaire, but it didn't make me a whole lot of money. And it was just these car door lights. You know when you open the car door? <laughs> that was the, like the, one of the biggest selling products. And I would have sold it a, a ton more had I known what I know now in terms of upsells and side cross-sells and email marketing and so on and so forth. The biggest month um, was 
I think I cleared around £120,000 in, um, in a month. Yeah, in the month. And I think the month after that, I did about 80000 Um So I think that whole year, with all the other products I sold, I did around £400,000, which is the most money I've ever made in my life. So, what did you say? It was a car door light. <laughs> car door lights. So you open the door and the logo is on the floor. So that made you four hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, I was still more, in that, more um, than. back then. Back then, back then, it was really easy to sell um, like trademark products on Facebook, and the car door lights were of NF, different NFL teams. So I was targeting all these different NFL uh, fans, um, you know, just, from just, around the world, Seattle, yeah. Seattle, yeah. Chicago, um, all these, all these Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears, um, all these NFL teams. I would, I would advertise the video in front of those specific fans because I knew how to advertise on Facebook. You can target anyone on Facebook, um, so I was just targeting these different fans. And yeah, it was just my phone would be chinging all day. And I remember waking up one day to twenty. I remember one day saying to my girlfriend, uh, saying to her, "I can't wait till I see a thousand pound a day." Because I remember the first day when I started, I, I, I was making £50 a day here and there, £100 a day, £200 a day. started going up as I started increasing my ad spend. And then I learned more about what products to sell, what products are trending and so on and so forth. Like I said, I picked up everything myself. I, did, I, I, I learned from different videos and I didn't have to go to no course. I just picked up everything that I needed to pick up and started selling these different products. So the Cardinal Lights was a hot seller of the month because NFL season just started. And yeah, I woke up to £22,000 one day. After I'd come on birthday, I'd be happy to, I'd be happy, no, £22,500 to be in fact, which is about £80,000. Profit was around £15,000. <gasps> and you were sleeping while you made this. I was sleeping <laughs> while that was happening. I woke up and I was like, oh, look, look at this. And I remember telling her, I can't wait to hear a thousand pounds. I cleared that long ago. So I was doing regular thousand pound days here and there with other products. Um, but then this one hit the jackpot. And yeah, that's where I got the money from for the property. And. Um, Hopefully NFL don't come after me for this. <laughs> and I hear this podcast. Boy. <laughs> that was back then, man. That was just... That was, can't come for me now. So yeah, that was... So that was one of the many products that did really well. Um, and then started doing like customised jewellery for different niches. And that's kind of... Did it say niches? Niches? Niches, niches, different Oh, niches. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said something else. I thought you said niches. Niches, some people say niche. Uh, sorry. Niche. Oh, okay. <laughs> niche, niche. Thing. I say niche. Some people say niche. Jewelry for different bitches. You sound like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> 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 yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, doing e-commerce, this is where it's kind of brought out my... Um, my creative side, I've realized that I, I really love creating products that people can't get anywhere else. Um, I've been, done really well with different uh, jewelry, uh, different welders' helmets, motorcycle helmets, T-shirts, just different things that I've kind of created um, and then put out there 
really saw that my passion for e-commerce, I don't think, will ever die, to be honest with you. Even though I love Forex as well. Forex is like just a, a, a vehicle. It's just, it's not, it doesn't allow you to be creative. You just, you know, know where to buy, know where to sell, boom, boom, boom. My creative side won't go, go away, so that's where I'm challenging myself in um, e-commerce still. So those are the two things that I mainly do at the moment, e-commerce and Forex. Um, and inve- I, I invest in various different um, internet marketing vehicles as well um, that we won't get into now, but yeah. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. You told us that one of your visions or that your main vision was to have this house. You've got it. The girlfriend, you've got it. The, the successful career, that, that's worked out. You're selling really well online and, and you've got the Forex thing. So does this vision of 40 match what you were hoping? Is this, is this it for you? Um, no, no. Um, I mean, uh, in terms of just the things I wanted, just in general, um, I've traveled to a lot of places. I wanted to travel to various different places. There's a lot more places I do want to travel to, but travel was one of my big things. I, you know, um, working from home has allowed me to travel to uh, America a number of times, Tampa, Florida, uh, Dubai a few times. I've done a lot of the things I really wanted to do. I bought the house. I wanted, I sold my property. So um, I, I, I did want another property. I, would, I wanted more properties under my belt, which I don't have at the moment. But that's, you know, these are, again, these are just um, material things. Where I'm at now is I'm because I've achieved what I've achieved. I'm not where I want to be financially right right now, not yet. Um, but it's a work in progress. But the main thing that I I I do have is peace of mind and freedom. And when I say freedom, um, I don't mean freedom is in terms of if, if I don't do anything now, I can just be comfortable. No, I mean, freedom of just not being tied to um, a specific time frame or job that, um, or boss. But that freedom I do have. And that is something that I had said to myself from way back then that I wouldn't trade for anything. Even though things have been tough lately because I kind of like I've been transitioning, um, wasn't sure whether I wanted to carry on with e-commerce, lost a bunch of money with various different investments, you know, things haven't gone great over the last year, and obviously with COVID coming in right now and all these different things, it has been challenging still. And you know, I, I don't know any entrepreneur or even person, you know, person working nine to five. I don't think there's no one this hasn't really affected in one way, in one way, shape, or form. Even though even people that are financially sound have still been affected in some way, shape, or form with the social distancing and whatever, what have you. The business has been affected. Um, where some small niches of businesses have taken off in terms of mask sales, a lot of businesses have you know, fallen by the way, some wayside or, or struggling. I'm just grateful that I'm not in a position where I'm, I'm worried about my employees and my staff and this, that, and the other. I'm kind of, I don't have any, because I work for myself um, and I'm just kind of transitioning. I have enough money to cover me, but I have enough ideas and things going for me that is going to bring more uh, income in the coming weeks and months. So I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm securing my mindset because I know what I'm capable of. That's, I think that's one of the things that I, um, I'm really um, happy that I have is um, I don't worry about money 
in terms of creating income. I think that if you're short of ideas, then you're short of income. If you've got ideas, you can create income. That's that's just how I think. That's uh, it's and that because I thought that way has allowed me to get to where I am and not have to worry about where I'm going next. Um, I'm more focused now on creating a situation where I can give give more because I think most of us as as, as people and. Uh, you can probably attest to this. And most of us are obviously looking out for ourselves and our family. The number one person that most people are thinking about is themselves in terms of how am I going to pay my, 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 my mortgage, my rent, my bills, my car note. How am I going to pay all these bills? Me, 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 me. Which is fair enough. I understand that we all have bills to pay and we all have a, a life to live. But where I'm at now is where I'm focusing more on uh, creating a situation where I can give more to less fortunate opportunities come at me that are allowing me to do that. That's that's the difference I'm finding with um, where I'm at now. But do you also find that you were saying having ideas, if you have ideas, you can have income. But do you also yeah. find there's something in, you said you're sustaining your mindset, in confidence? I think people may have ideas, but they're not always confident at executing those ideas. Yeah, I, I I totally understand that because uh, and the, the the confidence or the lack of confidence comes from not knowing, and I understand that too because a lot of people don't know. Um, they they have an idea, but um, I was having this conversation with my, my daughter earlier on in the car on the way home. Um, most fourteen people, year old, yes, fourteen. Year old, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm always educating on on on. on paradigm which is a multitude of habits I'm schooling her on different things that I'm learning so she can learn it from now and then by the time she's what 20 she would be she would she she would be far more far so much more farther ahead than most 20 year olds and at 14 she's probably formulating all those ideas now isn't she yeah yeah now she she, questions yeah one of the things she does want to work for herself but she she sees the, the freedom that I have and um, uh, my daughter, my other daughter's mother, because she works in a nursery, but she's got ten employees, so she she doesn't have to go to work. She just she just kind of oversees everything. So she's got a lot more freedom as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 big on instilling my children with the same things that I've learned over the years because confidence is is very very key, um, and faith. Not knowing how you're going to do something doesn't mean it can't happen. Where did it come from for you? Because you talked about coming from a single parent home um, mm. and your friends thinking differently to you. Mm. What was different about you and where you'd come from that gave you, I guess, what you're instilling into your daughter now? Where did you get it from? Books. From a young age, you've always been reading. Yeah, I, I would say I started probably at 21, 22 when I, start, when I first discovered um, uh, network marketing, which is a way to, again, uh, from back then, this is funny, it's just... Uh, I can't believe it's been years. So, so uh, from 21, I kind of I've always had an entrepreneurial mind, entrepreneurial mind. I think before that, it was just like finding my feet, what am I going to do? But I think from 21, when I discovered network marketing, I was introduced to some sort of product and a way to make money from, you know, all these people in your organization, tell this person, tell that person, they tell, you know, the whole network marketing thing. Um, people used to call people, still people today still call them pyramid schemes. Hilarious because... Most jobs are pyramid schemes, which is with no rank for, no way of advancement to where the CEO is. 
Whereas network marketing is a perfectly legitimate business that allows you to become your own CEO and build your own organization um, of, of customers and distributors. But most people have still got that stigma about it. But anyway, that's another, that's, again, that's another problem. <laughs> and what I, what, I, what I remember about you, Alex, is that you were always a sharer of knowledge. Like you didn't just get your knowledge and keep it to yourself. You were always very willing to share. No, because it excited me when it excites me. It excites me when I um, practice what I've been learning and it works. And then, you know, I'm like, wow, well, it's, just, it's not that difficult to, 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 to think positive and write down what you want and then not know how to do it. But things just start happening. It's just, what are, this is what I'm trying to get at. The not knowing doesn't mean that it can't happen. That it's not happening. A, it's yeah. not happening. You can have a great idea. And in most people, what they do is, oh, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I've got this job. I've got these kids. They make up all type of excuses of the things that can't, that will get in their way of why they can't do it. But not realizing if they just kind of carry on doing what you're doing, make time for the things you need to do to obviously create the idea. But then realize that you have to, you have to have faith that the how and the money will come if your idea, if you're passionate about your idea. If you're really serious about your idea and you can see that it would benefit a lot of people, including yourself and um, your family and, and, and everyone around you. Um, I don't care what, what kind of what idea it is. If you believe in it that much and it can work, then the how and the money will turn up. You said something earlier, Alex, that I wanted to pick up on, and you were saying you were going through all these different ways to make money through e-commerce while you were still working um, mm. in estate agents. And yeah. you use the term, I was just kept fading and fading, and I kept failing, and I kept failing. Mm. And, and what it sounded to me like is that you, you weren't failing, but you were learning that way wasn't working, so you tried something different, and you tried something yeah. different until something worked for you. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't give up and you didn't stop. You just continue to try and find different avenues. And I think that's where yeah. the average person might run into a wall. Yeah. A few, yeah, a few, I'm, a few failures or a few trip ups or a few things that haven't lots. come into fruition or lots that haven't come into fruition. They yeah. tend to feel their self-esteem is probably quite low. Maybe yeah. their finances are quite low. Yeah. Um, and they find themselves back in bed with the man. I'm a nine to five, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it will give them the stability they're used to. Yeah. But, but really it's about continuing to keep driving towards maybe what you would like. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing is uh, a lot of people, they, they try, try different things, um, try different ideas. And they think that because that idea didn't work, that, that's that's it that like you know i i don't know what to do next because that idea didn't work i was passionate about that but i don't i think it's what, what, what you need to do in that situation is again it's like about again i don't want to get into the, the mysticism part of the law of attraction and, and just putting energy out there but you you don't have to know you don't necessarily know half exactly what it is that you want to do. All you've got to, you've got to ask a, a couple of questions. What am I passionate about? Even if I'm, if I don't find it, if I don't have anything that I'm passionate about right now, what's the life I actually want to live? What would I be doing that can create this kind of lifestyle? Because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming most people want to do what they really love to do because 
that's really where um, ideas really spark from, is having an idea of what you really love to do. And a lot of people, you know, don't have an idea of what they love to do. So they think that success is not for them because they haven't found it yet. Again, this age of 40, 40 plus, they think that because they haven't found their passion yet, that they failed or they were a failure, which is not the truth. And I think what I kind of learned about your story is that your vision has continuously been evolving as you move through your life. Yeah. You, you didn't necessarily have your vision and then decide, I need that, but you've gone through lots of different paths and journeys yeah. and you might have had twists and turns, uh, you, you know, but your, your vision's evolving all the time. It is evolving. Yeah, it is evolving. It, like I said, it wasn't before when I first started e-commerce, it was more about me, how I can create income for myself and more time for myself and being able, be able to travel more and spend more time with my family. Now it's more about help. How can I um, not only help others uh, find what it is that they want to do so they can create that lifestyle that they want for themselves, whether it be to travel, spend more time with their family, whatever it is they want to do, or or um, pursue a hobby, a passion of theirs that they, they that they can pursue um, full time. My my goal is now is to inspire people to first of all do that through things like this podcast and other and other means, but also give to charities less um, you know for people of colour the the whole movement of black people in general not the Black Lives Matter organisation but I'm very passionate about helping black people black people <laughs> move forward and create more unity going forward like Indian people do, Chinese people do, they all help each other move forward. Black people, I don't know, there is organizations that are moving forward, but as a whole, we're not, we're not there yet. And I also find a lot of, and I, I mean, this is going to be a general and very sweeping statement, but I'm going to make it anyway, a lot of well-to-do people um, who are not necessarily of celebrity status, but in the UK who have made money, there's lots of black millionaires in the UK um, who are doing well, multi-millionaires, but they don't necessarily share some of the insight you shared with us today from very humble beginnings to the very kind of like basic things of just writing something down, you know, and not necessarily feeling that you've got to attack it every day, but you need to just put it out there and then diligently get on with your life yeah. and work towards Let it, it come to you. You know, and, and then be living you know, a living testimony to say, because I've done that. So I can tell you that this works. And I feel like a lot of people, once they've made something, they stay, they keep it within their circles. You know, they don't let yeah. it filter out to those people who are less likely to know. No, I think that, I think the more you give of yourself, the more you understand yourself. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my thing. I mean, I, you can't, I don't think you can, you can't, they won't be, you can't keep in this knowledge or, or of how you got to where you are. You can't keep it to yourself. It's, it's basically, like I said, from books that I've read, um, videos that I've watched, audios that I've listened to, I'm always into personal development. I've been into it for years. Um, some, you know, there was a lot of times where I didn't practice what I was learning, but it's only the, over the last few years I've really kind of implemented um, learning about the subconscious mind and our habits and why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think a lot of people think education finishes at university and, and college or whatever. It doesn't. It really, 
it's, that's, that's academic education. Self-education will really take you to the next level. One of the things I found is when I went to university, I felt like it eroded a lot of my creativity, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I was passionate about and fiery about as mm. a young person coming out of college as soon as I went into to university a lot of it became much more stunted mm. for me personally yeah. um, and I felt like I needed to join the, the, the labor market I needed to learn to, to get into that even though I didn't want to yeah. I felt very pushed into right if I want to earn this is going to be the way to earn even though I was very sure I wanted to be a business person right you know um, yeah. but I felt like some of that got chipped away you know, because education, academia, some to some degree, even though it teaches you how to, to critique things, it teaches you from an academic standpoint. Yeah. Um, and if anything, that took away some of, some of what I believe was what you need to help you stay driven. Yeah, I think, I, again, that, I, you know, most obviously a lot of most entrepreneurs that are successful dropped out of university, or most of them didn't go. Um, I think the education they give you in universities is um, is mundane. It's not really it's not really real world stuff. I mean, I never understood how there was a class called business studies. I mean, or, or business management. I mean, if the person teaching the class was a real business person, they'd be te- they'd be in a business, right? <laughs> like I never understood. I was wonder what do they teach people in business business study. I, I don't understand. Like. Just basically profit and loss forecasting and stuff like that's not business. That's just the numbers. Real business is getting real. Real business is learned from getting in business, <laughs> not going to university or college to study. So I just think university and college is um, it teaches people how to work for other people. That's what. And this is why today's children, today's young people, not even children, but young people, young mm. adults, are so for this business model. You know, mm-hmm. and they're not even touching college or any of those things. They just start. Well, we've got kids on YouTube, millionaires. Yeah. Well, yes, I'm saying, look at these, look at all these girls and these, these Instagram influencers. I don't knock them to be honest with you because they see that there's an opportunity there, and they, you know, they're, they're just all right. They're throwing their assets, but they're creating income, which is what you know, which what most people want. They want some sort of income stream, a job is not who you are. Most people talk about these high-flying titles and stuff, but they're working all these hours and they're not seeing their family and they're not getting to do the things they really want to do, but they got the title. Really? <laughs> like, well, the, the, the whole wage slave thing, from what we see now and what's happening today in quarantine, you know, this, this whole economic assault you see what, what's happening to people who have been self-sufficient mm-hmm. you can see them wanting to draw people back into some of these very old school sorts of professions that are more yeah. controlled well you can see it now they're saying that they're saying all right if you, can, if you can work from home which most people can then do so so now you, you look at the the, the offices this there's a big shift now there's going to be lots of people that are not going to be going into work because of obviously what's going on but after that, companies are going to look at it and be like, oh, you know what? We're going to save a lot of money by this, this department working from home or this, this person working from home. Well, they're oh, already doing just, that. Already yeah, doing why don't we just outsource it to somebody else in India that can do the same thing? And, you know, people are going to get laid off even more so over the next coming months and, and years. Well, coming months more so because companies are going to realize that they, they could they they get by and, and, and save money by these people working from home 
and then a light bulb will switch. And they'll be like, oh, well, we can save money by just outsourcing this to the next country and hiring someone for a third of the price. And there are lots of companies already doing that and they've done it. So a lot more people are going to be getting laid off and not know what the hell to do with themselves. Alex, would you encourage your um, daughter to go to uni? Would, no. would you? No. Uh, if she wants to go, she can go. But I'm not going to tell her you must go. Like most people tell their young ones. And that's, that's, and that's usually because parents have no other idea about how... It's the norm. It's been, it's been this way for years. Yeah. It's yeah. been this way for years. We're, it's, it, we're, I think we're going through a time now where a lot more uh, older generation are even waking up now because they see what's happening. They see social media. They see all the young people coming up um, and, and creating, creating their own brands from nothing which wasn't possible back in the day. So it's, it's, it's shifting very, very rapidly towards a model where people can create their own uh, identities, they can create their own brands, um, create their own image, create their own customer base from home without having to do all the academic stuff anymore, um, without having to have that student like that career of oh i do this and you know i've been doing this for this company for so many years uh, uh, they pay me this benefit these benefits these benefits that's that's gonna go that really is i think we're, we're in a new world now so it's a uh, it's very so that's why i said i'm very excited because um if you don't move with the times you'll get left behind so I think schools are going to have to catch up with that as well because I think the education system is built to teach kids how to work with someone, not necessarily how to work for themselves because they're not taught. There's about. lots of things that education the system don't teach apart, apart from working for someone. They, they don't teach people, kids basic things that I think they should teach in school is like decision-making. finance, yeah. Not, not even finance, just decision-making, thinking. Thinking rationally, there's certain things that I think should be taught in school that the average person, the average uh, school board would look at me like, no, these, these kids, they need to learn this, they need to learn, you know, history, they need to learn mathematics, they need to learn, no, they don't, because a lot of these kids that are making, uh, are killing these, uh, uh, doing what they're doing online or whatever, they don't know algebra, they don't know fractions, they don't know all these different terminologies, a lot of them can't even speak properly, but they still have a belief in themselves and a confidence that they can create their own economy on the internet. The things that are being taught in school right now, most kids aren't going really to use. So it's a broken model. I think a lot of the things they're teaching in school is, is, is to teach them how to be sheeple. Sheep, follow the crowd, go and get yourself a nine to five job, go and get yourself some benefits. You've seen that's not working. Look what's happened. Like, was there an actual moment where you said, this is enough, I've had enough, I can't do this anymore, and I'm going to change my life? Was there a point? I think one of the biggest points was at the time was when I left Fishley Water. Um, Fishley Water, sorry. When I left there, I was just kind of like, I'm going to find a way to make money from home, come hell or high water, I'm changing my, my path. I don't know how, I don't know what is going to, I'm just going to leave. And that's what I did. <laughs> that's basically what I did. So that's probably the moment. In conjunction with that same timeline, I'm going to say you've probably met Patricia very close around that time. Yeah, I met her in 20... What is it now? 20, 
So it's been seven years, 2013. 2013? Yeah. So, so around that time. So I'm just wondering what kind of impact your partner's had for you. Massively. And, Massively. Your, and your, your confidence, your drive, your motivation, <clears throat> you know. You both sound entrepreneurial to me. You're both building an empire. And I just wondered, mm. is, is she also something that you would say was very relevant towards you becoming the man you are now? Absolutely. Absolutely. She, 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 when I left Fishley Water, she, she, um, she was asking me, what do you intend to do? Um, I said, I just told her, I'm going to make this one new thing work. I'm going to figure out how to make money from the internet. And some of the things I was doing, she didn't really believe in, but she believed in me. She didn't believe in the vehicle that I was like, I was doing um, some selling some affiliate marketing products that she thought you can get the same information for free from YouTube. Why are you ch- why are they charging so much? <laughs> but little did she know that a lot of these uh, it's a, yeah, a lot of it's rehashed information, but it's it's packaged in a way which you know people would pay for. There's a lot of these different online programs that I did try that she didn't believe in. Um, but e-commerce, she understood. She's like, oh, we just put these products uh, on Facebook. People see them, they buy them, you ship it to them. I understand that. That's like Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Amazon. But I was running, I had my own store. Um, I had a number of different stores. Um, but I had my own store. Um, I'd advertise that. People would find my store um, through paid advertising on Facebook, buy the product. So, um, but it's, it's, it, during that time, it was still challenging. Um, I would, you know, stay up late at night, um, don't go to bed till three, four in the morning, figuring out what products to sell, looking for doing product research, listing products running ads. I was up late nights a lot of the times when I was first, when I first started in e-commerce. Um, but she supported me. So yeah, she had a massive, she, she knew what it took. She came to the first, as soon as I got into e-commerce, I went to an event in Florida and she came with me. So that was very, very um, pivotal because she, she could see from the beginning what it took. She met certain people that were successful. She knew it, was, it wasn't just like, okay, get up in the morning, go to this job, come back and, um, you know, spend the rest of the evening watching Netflix. It was, you know, it was grind. It was product research. It was dealing with customers. It was shipping stuff. It was dealing with refunds. It was, it was, it's, it's, that's, that's the nature of any e-commerce and retail business is you have to deal with people. So she knew what it took. She knew that, um, product research and the, 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 the time that I had to put in, was going to take away from spending with her. So she was, she was fine with it. She knew um, the sacrifices. And, you know, she reaped the benefits. She got, we got a house together. I bought her all kind of clothes, took her on vacation here and there. So she, she really deserved everything she got. And she herself was also doing her own thing and able to understand the pressures from her own business, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, she started, she, started, she started the nursery after... I had, you know, started e-commerce. She started off a year after I was doing e-commerce. A year on, a year and a year and a half. So she knew um, that if she was going to get support from me, she would obviously have to support me as well. So it was just like a, you know. But yeah, I supported her all the way. And now she's got 10 staff, or 11 or 12 staff, and about 70 kids. <laughs> so... And she she went through a lot with she went through a lot with um um because she started the business with her aunt she fell out with her aunt she hasn't spoken to her since um so she went through a lot of um but I was always there for her. How do you feel about where you're at now? Like if you could sum it up, 
what are your feelings on your age, your job, your family? How do you feel? Um, I feel good. I mean, these days, I mean, my almost two-year-old is is very demanding, extremely demanding. I don't know any other person with a two-year-old as demanding as Olivia is. Um, <laughs> she, 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 she's she cute as hell, but she gives me and my mum, me and her mum, a hard time. Um, her behaviour is a bit, you know, questionable. So, yeah, it's it's, it's hard at times juggling um, her every day and helping helping out her mum um, do and doing what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm in a transition phase now, so where I'm where I'm um, trading takes maybe an hour or two a day. Um, I've just recently thought up a um, a jewelry idea, which I will share with everyone um, soon. But it's to do with what's going on now in terms of the black movement. It is um, a very unique piece of jewelry that I'll be putting out. Um, I'm going to copyright it because I know once people see it, they're going to copyright it. They are going to copy. Everyone I've shown the jewelry to, I will show you um, all of you um, when the, when they're made. Um, so I'm very, 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 very excited about the release of all these uh, different designs that are coming out soon. Um, I like, basically found my spark in e-commerce again because, again, it allows me to bring out my creative side. Um, tend to hit on trends and what's trending right now and has been, it's not been a trend, it's, a, it's, it's something that's been going on for years, but it's really blown up massively now in terms of the awareness of you know, the, the, what, what black people go through. Um, so it's very close to my heart and the jewelry pieces that I'm going to be putting out um, are going to be speaking to kind of our audience as well as another audience um, and kind of integrating the two, um, two audiences together. But it's, it's, it's the, the jewelry is going to be very, very powerful and um, something I think people will really like but the, the biggest thing for me is that the income that I create from the jewellery will go back to various different black charities and organisations oh, wow. amazing um, that sounds exciting and, and helping the homeless um, helping as many like I said my, my where I'm at now is I'm about giving and making an impact on the world I think that's what I've been put here for um, it's just really come to my realization in the last six months that I'm put here to impact people in some way, shape, or form. And God is presenting me with these, these opportunities to do so. Um, I don't know. I don't know for sure if the um, the jewelry will take off. Um, everyone I've shown my designs to are is very excited. <laughs> very excited. They they can't wait to get one uh, or one of the designs. Um, so I'm really, really quite confident and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what I'm doing, what I'm doing with Forex. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a good place right now. I, I, I can't lie. I'm, I'm very excited. So, so yeah. what do you think the next 10 years looks like? What does 50 look like for you? Oh, 50. Um, I, I see me doing the same. I, I think I'll, I'll be in the same industry, but I think now by the time I'm, I'm 40, I'd say the next five years, um, I would like to have made that impact that I'm speaking about now in terms of impacting thousands of lives across the world um, through contribution, um, through 
doing things like I'm doing. Now, this is my first interview, so I'd like to do more of these to impact people and inspire people to do more, um, to think more outside of themselves and think about um, others first. And then I, what I really believe is if you really truly want to make a difference in this world uh, and for yourself, start thinking about how you can make a difference for others first and then God will present you with the opportunity to do so through one, through one uh, business or, 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 or something that will allow you to do that and then it will find you. Then you will grab onto it and then you will basically ride that and live and do the things you want to do for other people. Because once you think about other people first, you'll automatically get what you want. That's what I believe. I think, for, I think why a lot of people aren't fulfilled as well is they're not contributing enough. They feel they can contribute more, but they don't know how. So focus on that first. Live with the end in mind. Focus on who do you want to contribute to? Who do you want to make a difference to? You don't even need to know how you're going to do it you will be presented with the idea. You'll get flashes of inspiration that you must act on. Again, this is for another podcast in terms of where your mind can take you and what you can bring into your life through just thinking different thoughts. That's a different podcast. But yeah, I mean, I, I believe I'll be creating the impact, a bigger impact in the next five years. Um, I'd like to speak on stage to a group of people, to, to, to an audience of people. Um, I'd like to travel to a lot more countries, um, impacting people. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I see myself doing and, and, and also teaching, um, different strategies to make income as well. Not just inspiring people from, you know, this is what I did, but if someone wants to learn, Oh, how do you trade? Okay. Well, this is how you do it. How do you do e-commerce? Okay. Well, this is how you do it. So I want to be able to teach people, um, how to be entrepreneurs in different fields, whatever field they want to do. If they want to learn something that I'm doing, fair enough. Um, but I also want to inspire people to to um, to educate themselves more and pick up books. Pick up books. Um, think and Grow Rich, The Magic of Thinking Big, Science of Getting Rich. Watch audios on YouTube. The information, everything is there for you to tap into. It's just, you know, that's what you've got to do. You've got to educate yourself on yourself. So Alex, lastly, looking back on everything and where you are now, what advice do you think you would give to your younger self? I would tell my younger self to pick up books, uh, pick, pick up a book earlier, pick up a book earlier, learn more about yourself and about the mind and how the mind works and how you create from imagination. And then use your imagination, start and use my imagination more. I mean, I was, I've been using it well when I was younger anyway, but use it more to create exact, to, to write down exactly what you want. I think, you know, that's an, another thing I should have done when I was younger is write down exactly what I wanted because I didn't do that until I was in my thirties. And then after that, things started happening. I started writing down more and they started happening too. So yeah, that'd be the one, <laughs> one of the biggest pieces of advice. Figure out what you want, write it down. I think you should really, um, I, I don't know if it's on a podcast, but in some way um, get that story get that story out there of how you have done that and how it's worked for you. Because you hear a lot about people talking about um, 
are manifesting and um, putting it out into the universe. But I don't think you hear enough of the success stories and actual good life people who are living that success from doing that. So, um, yeah, it's a shame it's for another podcast because I'd love to hear about it. Well, I mean, we hope, we hope, we hope to have much more podcasts. Um, and I think visions and manifestation, attraction, book reading, personal development needs to be key. Um, so that's really what I love talking about. So yeah, pencil me in. <laughs> so if you, if you'd come back on and you'd be happy to come back on, yeah. we'd definitely love to have you back on. Okay, definitely. I'm, Thank I'm you so much for your time. Nice. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Tell nice. us where we can find you on your socials. Where's best for people to come find out more about Alex? Okay. Um, my Facebook is just facebook.com forward slash Fale A, which is F A L E Y E A. And my Instagram, which alchemy, A L C H E M Y dot 77. Well, we'll continue to inspire. Um, and you shared so much wisdom with us today. And uh, I think uh, Winnie will join me in saying that um, it's, it's been really good talking to you. I think you've given us some real food for thought. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Failure at 40.